It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, guys? Welcome to a new episode of Wrestling World. As always, I'm your host, Austin Boyer. And before we get into tonight's very exciting episode, a few quick podcast shout-outs. Okay, guys, check out the Cult Film Companion podcast, the Manic Pixie Weirdo podcast, the Fan in the Van podcast, the Crime Divers podcast, the Sense of Shelf podcast, the Midwest Marks podcast, the Two Mexicans, One Mike podcast, The Hill Truth, The Cigar Store Idiots podcast, The I Seen It podcast, The Fandalorians, The Hashing It Out podcast, The Geek Gauntlet podcast, Augusta All Elite podcast, The Smokers Lounge Premium 6 podcast, Kimi's Tea of the Day, The 8750 podcast hosted by Yeti Yeef, The Air Quote Wall podcast, the Dirty Hills podcast, the Suns and Shadows podcast, Decaying with the Boys, I Scream, You Scream for Movies, Two Men, No Hope, The Story of My Pet, The Haunted Tales podcast, Quad Pro Quo podcast, Films and Firm Nation podcast, Blog Access One on One, and last but not least, guys, Bolt Talk by Joe and the Mr. Gentleman's podcast. All these podcasts can be found on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, Good Pods, and wherever you stream your podcast. So be sure to check them out. All right, guys. There's a reason I said this is a very exciting episode. Because Extreme Rules just ended like five minutes ago. And I have goosebumps. Why? Because Bray Wyatt has returned to WWE. Yes, Bray Wyatt, the man who I've been talking about for recent weeks, the man who was behind all the QR codes. He has finally returned home to WWE. And guys, it might sound like I'm out of breath right now. That's because I am. Because as soon as the lights went out, 
and you heard the song of he got the whole world in his hands, you knew it was Bray Wyatt. Because that's what he did a part of his old gimmick. And everybody remembers that, you know. Bray Wyatt, as the cult leader, as the eater of worlds, he sang that song. He's got the whole world in his hands. Okay, so then we see these pu puppets come out. We see the Firefly Funhouse puppets, these real-life versions of Huskus the Pig Boy, Mercy the Buzzard, Ramblin' Rabbit, Abby the Witch. And then it takes us to the Firefly Funhouse. And then finally, a door pops up on the screen. And then who comes out of that door but Bray Wyatt himself? This is amazing. You know, they've, they've done this so well, these QR codes and everything, the White Rabbit, everything has been a riddle. Everything has been a puzzle for us to solve. And these past few weeks have been amazing. And I am so glad that the payoff is even better. Because so many of us expected it to be Bray Wyatt. And while so many of us expected it to be him, you know, we were kind of playing a guessing game of who it is. Could it be Karen Cross? Could it be Dexter Loomis? Could it just be related to Joe Gacy? But in the end, it's Bray Wyatt. This this is amazing, guys. Because for him to return home to WWE after being released is crazy. And who do we have to thank for this but Triple H? Because he's the one that made this happen. This probably would have never happened under Vince McMahon. Given the creative issues that Vince and Bray Wyatt have had in the past. So you have to thank Triple H. Extreme Rolls was a decent pay-per-view. And Raw and SmackDown have been decent also because of Triple H. And I'm I'm just shocked, guys, because honestly, like I throughout the paper throughout tonight's event honestly didn't know what was going to happen. They were teasing the White Rabbit all night. We've seen the White Rabbit commercials. We've seen the barricade glitch. We've seen the White Rabbit appear in backstage segments outside of the arena, I believe. And uh, it, it, yeah, it's just so well put together. And throughout the night, I'm just, I'm thinking, you know, when is, when is, when are we going to see the White Rabbit? When are we going to see the big reveal? Fightful Select reported the other day that there was a big reveal planned for Extreme Rules. So it kept all of us fans, including myself, on edge. Because that's what we were wondering the whole night, is when are we going to see the White Rabbit? And then last night on Friday Night Smack, that was pretty much confirmed that this is Bray Wyatt. When a QR code revealed a pig with the repeated words of let me in, let me in, let me in. And then if you pause the, the QR code, 
at 12 seconds, you see Huskis the pig. So that pretty much gave us a confirmation that it was Bray Wyatt. And now, fast forward to Extreme Rules 24 hours later, and Bray Wyatt has returned to WWE. This is insane, guys. And like I said, I was wondering, you know, when is this going to happen throughout the night? Many people thought it would be during the strap match with Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre, while others thought this could be during the I Quit match with Finn Balor and Edge. And when it didn't happen during the I Quit match, you know, fans on Twitter were getting restless, including myself. You know, I was too. Because I'm thinking the same thing. Are we going to see the big reveal? Which it makes sense why they did it. They waited to the main event. They gave us a decent match as advertised. You know, the fight pit. Then they gave us an even better send-off. And the way they, like I said, the way they put this together, guys, was amazing. These QR codes, these puzzles, it was amazing. Now, one thing I noticed when Bray Wyatt appeared on screen was that he had a different mask on. This wasn't his Fiend mask, which makes me wonder, could he be getting a different gimmick? Could he be adding a new layer to his character? And, and when I mean new layer is, I mean, could we be getting another version of Bray Wyatt? We already have the Fiend. We have the Funhouse version. It seems like we'll be getting the Cult Leader version of Bray back. But with this new mask, could we be getting a fourth version of Bray Wyatt? It definitely makes you think. And who is Bray Wyatt targeting? Because keep in mind, Bray Wyatt has history with Seth Rollins. But Bray Wyatt also has history with Randy Orton. And who is Randy Orton's tag team partner right now? Or should I say who was Randy Orton's tag team partner right now? That person is Matthew Riddle. So could Bray Wyatt be targeting Matthew Riddle? It's a possibility. But I honestly don't know. But it does make you wonder. Because it very well makes sense. Bray Wyatt could go after Matt Riddle to get to Randy Orton. Assuming Randy Orton could possibly return at some point. But this could be Bray Wyatt's way of getting revenge. Because Randy Orton, he set the fiend on fire. And Randy Orton was Bray Wyatt's last match, in which Randy Orton won. And when you look at the Fiend character, who is the Fiend character about? The Fiend is all about revenge. Getting revenge on those who wronged him. Now, he obviously can't get the Randy Orton because of Randy Orton's back injury. 
But who could he who could he go after? Matt Riddle. It's it's just I'm still in shock, guys. Honestly, I'm so happy to do this episode. The rest of the pay per view was amazing as well. We got the the brawling brutes versus Imperium, which was the kickoff the night, and to me that was very exciting. A hard hitting match. As it should have, as it should have been. The ball, the brawling brutes were victorious. This match was solid from start to finish. And you got to give credit to Sheamus. You know, Sheamus can take a bump. I thought Pete Dunn did well in this match too. He had a few spots that were highlighted. You know, jumping off the barrel. And you know his in-ring talent. He's so technical. It was amazing. And then we go to Bailey versus Bianca. You know, this match is pretty good. Bailey took a bad bump off that ladder when she dropped that elbow. I noticed. Um, if you notice when Bailey hit the floor, she kind of landed awkwardly, which made me think maybe she could have been injured. But she seemed to be okay. Um, who knows any further details on Bailey if there is an actual injury there. But this match, you know, it was pretty decent. Bianca showing strength, lifting two members of damage control up in the air to hit KOD. I thought that was amazing. We all know Bianca Belair is, is strong and she's great at what she does. I'm glad to see her retain, but I don't think this is the end of Bianca and Bailey. I do think we will be getting another match with them too soon. Um, I would like to see just a plain one-on-one match with those two. I think they could put on a great show if they do that as well. But this match, if I had to grade it, I'd say maybe a C. Just given that it was a ladder match, you know, I'm not a big fan of ladder matches. Um... It's just not my thing. So now we go to Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan. A lot of people are disappointed about Liv losing the title and Ronda gaining the title once again. But honestly, this makes sense. And, you know, I'm not the biggest Ronda Rousey fan. But her winning the title makes sense. You know, you can't have Rousey lose twice in a row. She would lose credibility. She'd lose momentum. And right now, the fans really aren't taking Liv Morgan serious as a champion. You think when the st- when she first started as women's champion, the way she was booked was pretty pretty bad. And like I said, you know, you can't have Ronda Rousey lose credibility. Especially in an Extreme Rules match like we saw tonight. So it makes sense. Rousey needed to win 
Who knows how long she'll keep the title. I didn't really care for this match. You know, it was... uh, just wasn't my thing, you know, um, and that's no discredit to Rousey or Liv Morgan. I just felt there was less wrestling and more um, more objects involved than what they needed to be when this could have been a solid wrestling match between the two. But that's just my opinion. Next, we have the strap match. McIntyre versus Cross. Same thing with this one, guys. You know, I didn't care for the finish. I don't think anybody cared for the finish. Throughout probably 10 minutes of the match, Karrion Cross did not have the strap on. And then the match started um, within, I'd say, maybe 15 minutes of, of the whole segment going on. And it ends with Scarlet Pepper spraying Drew McIntyre and Cross picking up the win. For as much as this match was hyped up, they could have done so much more. And you know, I'm a Drew McIntyre fan. But it seems like that's a lot of his matches lately. They're hyped up only to be let down. And Drew McIntyre losing this match, this is his second loss. His second pay-per-view loss. And given how talented Karrion Cross is, he should be booked as a solid heel. Why he had to cheat to win this match, it don't, it don't really make him look good. Get, getting Scarlett involved with the pepper spray didn't make sense. Especially if you're trying to get over somebody like Karen Cross as a big, scary heel. I gotta say, I'm not the biggest fan of Scarlet. Just not my cup of tea. I, I don't feel the need for her to get involved. I think that kind of makes Karen Cross look bad as a heel. I think if they were going to go that route, they should have had McIntyre go over. Because I don't think anybody looked good in this match. That finish does not benefit McIntyre or Cross. And like I said, for as much as this match was hyped up, they could have done a lot more. So if I had to grade that match, guys, give it a D. You know, I hope they can run it back and have a decent match without Scarlett. But if they're trying to book Karen Cross as a heel and they want him to look good, this isn't the way of doing it. But that's just my thoughts. What do you guys think? I know you guys weren't happy with the finish either. Really didn't make much sense. But whatever. 
Next up, we got the Judgment Day, Finn Balor versus Edge. And what I thought was a decent match. This match, from start to finish, it seemed like it can go both ways. You know, it seemed like Edge was going to give up. Then maybe they, you know, they had Finn Balor looking like he was going to give up. It was just so many twists and turns in this match. You know, Beth Phoenix getting involved. I don't think anybody really expected that to happen. So, I thought this was a, was a good match. I thought WWE did a good way of getting heat on the Judgment Day by having them hit Beth Phoenix with a concerto. I think that's what it's called, right? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think this is a good way of getting heat on the Judgment Day, you know. Book them as heels going forward. Make them look strong. And that's the way to do it. I'm hoping that they could finally put this feud to bed soon. Because it's like, how, how, how long is this feud going to go? How long is it going to last? When is it going to end? And I'm not digging Dominic as a heel. I just, I don't care for him as a heel. They can do all they want to get this guy over as a heel. I don't think it's working. You know, he plays the role of a chicken shit heel. He, but, but he sounds tough in his promos, and that, that just, it doesn't work. I think, if anything, they should have thrown him back in NXT where he could improve and progress. But I don't know. You know, this this match, to me, solid from start to finish. Like I said, they did a good job of getting the Judgment Day some heat by taking out Beth Phoenix. It looks like this feud is going to go on further, which is something I don't want because it's it's kind of just dragging on now. They've took out Edge, brought him back, took him out again, brought him back, and now they take out Beth Phoenix. So what more can they do? Are they going to repackage Edge again? Is Edge going to take a few weeks off and then come back a new version? Because they've, they've took him out twice and they brought him back. Okay, but they bring him back twice and he loses twice. So what are, what are they going to do? Are they going to air more vignettes for his return? What more can they do? What was the point of airing those vignettes just to have him lose and look bad, not once but twice? I think that's their way of dragging this feud on. Or maybe they just don't have any more plans for the Judgment Day. You know, this feud is kind of all over the place. You have Finn, Damian, Rhea, and Dominic feuding with Edge, while at the same time we have Dominic feuding with Rey Mysterio. 
are we going to get Ray versus Dominic out of this? Or is it going to be Ray and Edge versus Dominic and whoever of the Judgment Day? I don't know. But I, I think that Ray and Dominic getting involved, I, I feel like they need to keep that separate. Yeah, Dominic turned on Edge, but the feud between Edge and the Judgment Day started way before Dominic was involved. So, if they're going to go that route, okay, but I don't know. I just kind of wish this feud would end. It, it's it's taken forever. But anyways, guys, last but certainly not least, we have the fight pit match. Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins. I don't know about you guys. Um, I liked Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. I liked their first match they had. This match, not so much. I don't get the point of the fight pit. Um, it's just a, a basically a steel cage match. Except there's a little thing you can climb on top and fight on there. But there's no... There's no excitement to it. And this is supposed to be Matt Riddle's invention. Basically a steel cage with no door. And I don't see this any different from a steel cage match, except it just has a different name. Instead of a steel cage, it's called the fight pit. I wasn't a fan of this match. Um, there was a point in this match where Matt Riddle jumped off the, whatever you call it, off the top of the cage or the pit or what, you know, whatever it is and, uh, landed on Seth Rollins and it looked like it hurt. I mean, I don't know if Matt Riddle was selling or if it actually hurt. But for whatever reason, you know, they you know they they did this match and and I I just didn't care for it. I think their first match was a lot more more wrestling involved to where the fight pit really didn't play a big factor in this match. Except you know, it's like a steel cage to me. But regardless of the fight pit, they sent the fans hap home happy with the return of Bray Wyatt. So I definitely feel that Extreme Rules was a decent pay-per-view. If I had to pick the match of the night, it'd have to be the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. I'm a big fan of Gunther. I'm a big fan of Sheamus. I'm a big fan of Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dunne. But, um, yeah, guys. 
Bray Wyatt has returned. I'm excited. I hope you guys are too. Like I said, I said the other day that if something big happens at Extreme Rules, I will be there to tell you about it. And here we are. Something big finally happened at Extreme Rules. Bray Wyatt has returned. And we said before, you know, we got to have patience. And while many of us lost our patience during this during tonight's event, it was worth the wait. I assume Bray Wyatt will be booked better considering he's under Triple H. I think he'll be booked very good, very properly. And it's going to be so cool to see the Firefly Funhouse once again. I'm kind of glad that they brought that back because that was very popular when he left. But like I said, it's, it seems like they're also going to keep his Eater of Worlds gimmick and maybe add a new layer to his character. I'm excited for Raw, guys. I'm excited to see what they do. I'm excited to see who he'll go after. It could be Matt Riddle, given that Randy Orton is Matt Riddle's tag team partner. It could be Seth Rollins, because Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins have history. I think WWE picked a perfect way to place Bray Wyatt and to have him return. I see why they did it this way. You know, they wanted to do do the fight pit match and send the fans home happy. If they did it before the main event, then everybody would basically be talking about Bray Wyatt returning and nothing about the rest of the pay-per-view. So it makes sense. But yes, guys... Bray Wyatt is back, finally. He looks to be in great shape. We've seen him in Instagram posts and videos. He looks to be in good health. But I'm excited, guys. I hope you are, too. But I hope you all enjoyed tonight's episode. I hope you all enjoyed Extreme Rules tonight. I will be back next Monday, not this Monday, but next Monday for a new episode. So be on the lookout Monday for a new episode of Wrestling World, and I will see you guys then. Have a nice night, guys. God bless, and take care. Goodbye.